Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and for the next two hours, we're going to talk about cars, car-related stuff, just about anything you want to talk about, we can talk about with respect to something with an exhaust pipe. Well, I guess electric cars don't have <laughs> exhaust pipes. Yeah, that's true. But they don't they don't represent much of the market. Nevertheless, six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty, here's the rules. The rules are is we talk about year making model first and the miles. So you say hi and then you give me the year making model and the miles. Then we talk symptoms. Now I would give you a good example. I was at a get together the other day and this lady across from me says, you know, who should I take my truck to? I need a transmission. So we're talking back and forth. What she's got is a clunk on cold mornings. The clunk means the idle's up high. So she puts it in reverse or drive, and yes, it's going to clunk. But the question then is, throughout the day, does it clunk? No. Only in the morning it clunks. Yes. Okay, well, I'd look at the rear transmission mount. Maybe does it have a vibration at 45 to 60 miles an hour? No. So I have to eliminate Mm U-joints. So I ask questions. So basically, at the end of the day, it only clunks first thing in the morning. Do you park your car on an incline? Slightly. The nose is down. Okay, well, then we've got park kind of loaded. So you have to pull it a little harder, and then there's a clunk because the idle's up high. Yeah. Okay, well, if it doesn't happen to the rest of the day, there is no problem. Try backing the car up to where it's kind of level instead of the nose on its way down. See if that makes any difference. Well, I know I need a transmission. Well, fine, go buy one. (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is, is you don't have the symptoms for a transmission. But nevertheless, that's what happens. We're going to have a caller first, Cap. Cap called in early, and I'm going to take him early. Good morning, Cap. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm good today. Thank you. Oh, uh, thanks for taking my call. I have a Honda Accord 2000 V6. Um, This is a doozy. I've changed out probably three dozen car batteries over the last 35 years. I, uh, basically, I went to start the car after three to four days of a sting, and it went, <laughs> so I ended up getting a jump. Um, it was in the parking lot at work. It came, the guy came and jumped it, and it started right up, and he said, hey, I think you're going to be okay with your battery because it's showing it's taking a charge. I'm like, great. So I went and drove the car for 20 minutes, put it in the garage, came out three hours later to start the car, and it went, I'm like, no problem. I went to go buy a battery, bought a brand new battery, came back. I can finish the the end of this story for him. (laughs) Unhooked unhooked the terminal, put the new one, and as soon as I put the second terminal on, the horn screaming at me. So I'm like, no big deal. Open the car door, put the keys in the ignition. The factory car alarm, I'm assuming, has completely locked me out, thinking that I'm trying to steal the car. According to something I read on the Internet, they said that that's what they thought. But I'm trying to figure out what the exact reset procedure is for a 2000 Honda Accord, if you know that. Okay. I don't care about the Internet. Okay. I don't care what the Internet says. 
There's no way anybody can diagnose your car over the phone because I can't. So we have this give and take. Do you have a key that opens the door? I do. Okay. Did you try the key? Um, I did. I, well, I, I did, yeah. Okay, so the horn went off no matter whether the door was unlocked or whether you you got in through the key or did you try to use your remote? Um, I didn't use remote because the car's you know almost 20 years old, so the remote is basically... Um, well, actually, I take that back. I tried it, and it, it didn't seem like it was working. Um, I think the battery just needs to be replaced. Okay, but, but that doesn't... what See, what you think doesn't mean anything. This is give and take. So... Um, you, you, you've gone through this whole story, but really there's very, very little I get out of it because all I got is is you get a root, root, and then it goes click, click, click. So, And for him to tell you that the battery's taking a charge is crazy because he doesn't know the difference. So, Well, I'm just the, telling you what he told me. I'm I know, but I don't care what he told you. I, I mean, he, he's no better. Um, you see, the, the question is, is we need to talk, and, and we have okay. to give and take. Um, have you seen the headlights dim when you're driving it? When you come up to a stop, do they dim? And then when you give it gas and take off, they get a little brighter? Do you ever seen that? No, I have not okay. seen that. Okay, yeah, these are yes or no questions. Okay, number two, when how long does it take for the battery to go click-click? Is that overnight? Well, I, I it doesn't do that anymore because I took that bad battery out. So okay. that's what I'm saying is I put the new battery, I put a brand new battery in. And as soon as I hook up the, the terminal, the, both terminals, the horn is screaming at me as if the car is being stolen. So the answer to my question is, is you don't know whether that battery is going to be dead. And, and, and I answer my question again. How many days did it take before you put the new battery in um, before the battery was dead? Did you get 24 hours out of it? Did you get 48 hours out of it? So you went from fine to click, click, click. How many days was that? How long was that? Well, once again, it's, the car was working fine, and it was sitting there for about three or four days without doing anything. So then, so the answer is three to four days. Yes, and originally, okay. what I thought was when I originally thought maybe I left the light on on accident, but obviously the battery. I, mean, I could go get the battery checked. I just, I again, I assumed that the battery was bad because it will not start the car. So I okay, well, let me out. just tell you, go pay twenty five dollars for an electrical systems check. That's all you need. Just go pay $25 for an electrical system. We're not making any progress because I can't get any information out of you other than what you did and what you thought. Um, he, here's the deal. I don't know if your battery's bad. I don't know if your bad battery connection. I don't know if your alternator's belt's tight. I don't know if your alternator's working. I don't know what the battery voltage is with the key in your pocket, and I don't know what the battery voltage is at idle, and I don't know what the battery voltage is at 2,000 RPM. So go spend 25 to $40 and have somebody do an electrical systems check. As far as your alarm is concerned, it sounds like you do have a bad door switch. It sounds like you do have an interior light on because when you open the door, the alarm goes off. And you said as soon as you hooked up the battery, the alarm goes off. So that leads me to believe that the computer and the alarm system thinks that there's a door open and you haven't disabled the alarm. But I asked you if you had a key and I asked you if you turned the key on and off, I was looking for a little help with that but the only thing i can tell you cap is go spend some money and uh, and shut the shut leave the key on leave your battery on and go slam all the doors 
And if the one, if the thing stops, and then you're going to have to have your key fob in your hand because you're going to open and close the door, slam it, and you're going to push the key fob and see if the alarm resets. Then you're going to do the same with the rest of the doors. So we have to figure out why the alarm's on, but I'm telling you right now, the alarm's on because there's a light on in the interior, which also matches the battery being dead. So one and one equals two. So my best advice is um, slam the doors, like I said, let's get the alarm disabled, and open and close the doors, and you can't hook up the battery when the light dome lights are on, and you, can't dis- you sh- really shouldn't disconnect it, so you have to figure that out. We need to get the alarm disabled, and the alarm is seeing something. And this, that something's probably related to both your battery being dead and the fact that the alarm is on now. All righty, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Let me cover the, the rules again. You're making model in miles and then just symptoms, just symptoms. Um, it, it might very well be that my car only clunks in the morning. And tell me about the transmission. Let's talk, and I, I ask you questions. If you have a situation where my check engine light comes on and I got the code, okay, then we'll ask you questions about that. How's your fuel economy? Does it ever idle rough? Um, I'm looking for stuff like EGRs that are stuck open. I'm looking for something that it's got an intermittent miss, so that should match the the cylinder number six is bad, um, or I'm the participation of cylinder six. Is, is substandard to the rest of them. That doesn't mean that the cylinder's bad. It could be the plug, the plug wire, or the coil. So we have to check those out because you can put a set of plugs under in that and still not make it run right. So we're going to have to kind of test the car as we go along. The answer to only questions that go on is just go get some help. That's just the answer is you're done, you're guessing. And, and I don't believe that the tow truck driver knows what's going on with everything is okay plus he can't test the diodes which is a one-way device in the alternator so power goes through the diode but it doesn't come back through the diode so it's kind of like a door that only swings one way the diode can be bad there's usually three of them and one of them could be bad which allows power to feed backwards that can cause the car not to start and he talked about a low voltage thing which is and then click 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 so that's low voltage so we clearly are substandard because at 9.6 we should start at the car we should crank it over good and strong and it should catch and go but if you have and you drop below 9.6 then it's click 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 so you have those kinds of things and and if you're going to check the charging system you have to do a volt drop test on the positive cable and on the negative cable. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, then you that's part help. of it. Yeah, you need help. <laughs> so those are the kinds of things that we talk about. We've got another caller. Who's that? That would be Ray. Ray, good morning. How can I help you? Hi, Ray. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, I have a... Uh, a uh, 2000 Toyota Tacoma with 330,000 miles on it. And uh, when I decelerate, uh, say, to a uh, stoplight, uh, I get the shake. Okay. Every time? Yes. Okay. Cold and hot? Cold and hot, yes. Okay. Is it an automatic or a standard? Automatic. Okay. Um, do you have your air on and off, on or off? Uh, well, being in Arizona, Phoenix, uh, 
err on. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. What we need to do is is we need to figure out, and I'm going to give you what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to turn all your clients. I want you to get it to where it shakes. We know it shakes every time you pull up. And then I want you to put it in neutral and take your foot off the brake. If it smooths oh, okay. out, then you have a power brake diaphragm bad. And every time you push on the brake, it goes da 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 and you let go of the brake. Hmm. Are, we, are we talking about the vacuum booster? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Number two, then you're going you're gonna to come to a stop, and maybe you have the air on or the, or the defrost on because either one of them uses the air compressor. So you pull up to the traffic light, and you're rocking and rolling. Turn, the air, turn your climate controls completely off. Does that make a difference? Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to come up to an intersection. And what that's going to tell us is, is we've got a load problem. As soon as we load that air conditioning unit, then we're taxing some part of the ignition system or the fuel system. Last but not least, I want you to pull up to the intersection, no climate controls on, put it in neutral. See if the noise goes away. See if the vibration goes away. It could have a bad motor mount, which is transferring the engine vibration to the frame of the car. And depending on, I mean, the engine kind of sits in rubber, so if we mm-hmm. have a bad engine mount, then all of a sudden we have a metal-to-metal contact that a lot of people can, uh, they, they think it's an engine miss, but it's not. But if you put it in neutral, that, that changes it, then I'm right, you've got a motor mount problem. So those so could that the, also be a transmission mount too, or just the motor mount? No, no. Trans. Thank you for clearing. Yes, you're right. It can be you, on your Accord. You have two transmission or two engine mounts, and you may you for sure has one tr- rear mount, but you could have four mounts altogether. So the one in the front and behind the windshield, in front of the windshield, and up near the radiator, those are the motor mounts. But then you've got a torque mount and a tranny mount. You could have four, but you might have three. So, and then you look at those, and usually you can see if the rubber's deteriorated, you've got 330,000 miles on it. My goodness, you've been around the world, what, 300 times 4? 12 times. Yeah. So, yeah. it's not uncommon to have motor mounts on a car that's that old, I, with respect to mileage. Not that old, it's with respect to year. So, that's what I would do, is run through those. Now, if you run out of... If you if you missed what I had, mark at MarkSalem.com, and I'll put it in writing for you. So if, if you missed some of that. But we need to test it for motor mounts. We need to test it for climate controls. And we need to test it whether it's different in, in reverse or neutral um, or drive. And those are the kinds of things that we're going to test. It could have an engine miss, but all of those will add up to an engine miss. <laughs> and and you'll say it makes no difference if it's a neutral dive. It makes no difference if the climate controls are on or off. Yeah, I, it never gets better. And at that point, okay, we're going to go in and find the plug, the wire, um, the coil that's bad. Sometimes we just swap them. The cylinder, the engine will say, the computer will say five, cylinder five. And in your mm-hmm. case, if you... So then what we're going to do a lot of times is we're going to switch the spark plug from 6 and 5, swap them, and see if it, how it misses. Oh, yeah, it's still got the miss. Okay, so it's not the wires, or it's not the spark plugs. And then we switch the wires. We switch both ends of the wires, and the problem either goes away or stays. But then we run a compression test, and it's possible that you have a compression problem on your 330,000-mile motor and that we won't be able to fix but if we put oil in the cylinder and we run another compression test and voila, it comes back up, then we've got a broken ring or something like that. And you should have oil consumption problems with something like that. So that's how the diagnostic pro- process, but I, I like that we had this 
you know, in and out kind of stuff. So I've given you some things to do, and good luck to you. Thank you for calling. 602-508-0960. We'll be back in a minute. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. It's happening. Wherever cupcakes are being frosted, songs are being recorded, and engines are being tuned, ADP is designing a better way to work. With industry-leading HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll, more companies rely on ADP than any other HR partner. From small business to global enterprise, see how ADP can help you and your people achieve what you're working for at design.adp.com. ADP, always designing for people. Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the Y. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the Y as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the Y. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. 22 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I have a list of the best shops in Phoenix. You can find that at MarkSalem.com, but let me tell you about one of them. In Sun City, Auto Dynamics. It's been around since 1982. Chuck started it. His son, Derek, now runs it. And actually, like second generations, they're typically a little better at business than a first generation. So you can clearly see that that's a possibility, and I'm telling you about 90% of the time that is the situation. So Autodynamics is good at what they do. They know how to fix your car, and they're not going to sell you unnecessary parts or repair. And every time you come in for an oil change, they're not going to give you a laundry list of things they think you need. So if you're in Sun City, Autodynamics is on the north side of Grand Avenue, right just west of 99th Avenue. Let's go to the phone. Let's talk to Tom. Tom, good morning. Morning, morning. 2001 Honda Accord automatic. Just turned 300,000 miles recently, and it's only done it twice. I'm going along. Uh, it shuts off. The lights stay on the dash. I coast to a stop. It immediately restarts. Okay. 
Um, I'm I'm going to guess that you have an ignition problem, and I'm going to guess that probably a crank sensor or a distributor pickup. I don't know if this is um, distributorless ignition, which means that it have coils and it, they'd sit over the spark plugs. So I'm not familiar, but I think on your O1, which is about 18 years old, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that that's going to have a distributor, and inside the distributor is a pickup assembly, which is an electronic set of points. Now here's the deal. I'm quite sure you don't have a fuel supply problem because you said something and you gave me the symptoms and you said it immediately starts up. If this was a fuel pump problem or a fuel pressure regulator problem or the filter was plugged up, you wouldn't say that. So if we had a fuel pump problem, you'd say, I have to crank and crank and crank, boom, and then it starts. So those are the kinds of things. So I think you have an ignition problem, and the ignition problem is killing this engine it's not an EGR problem because if the EGR sticks open, it it has a rough idle. So I know it's not an EGR. I know it's not a fuel pump. I know it's not a fuel pressure regulator, which leaves um, something in the distributor. And it could be a coil. If you have an external coil, it could be that as well. So at 330,000 miles, I'll tell you, if you want to fix this yourself, if you want to give it the best college try, I would go buy a rebuilt distributor for that engine just a rebuilt distributor. I'd probably put a new cap on it, and I'd slide that in. Make sure you know where the rotor was at when you took it out so you can put the rotor back pointing in the same direction when you put it back in. If that fixes your problem, the pickup is inside that distributor. So after 300,000 miles, I think that's a pretty good guess. The next step would be coil, ignition coil, because the the pickup assembly turns the coil on, off, on, off, on, off. So if the pickup assembly is bad, then the coil dies as well. But if you still have the dying problem after you put a new pickup in it, then it could be the coil. But the question about, and I'm thinking out loud here, is why does the coil um, keep it from running or it starts up immediately? So coils are notoriously not, they're going to fail. It's like a light bulb. They go, when the light goes out, we're done. But it's not an intermittent while the distributor pickup assembly could be intermittent. So thank okay. you for that, Tom. Uh, go ahead. Let me ask you. One question: The cam and crank sensor, okay. crank sensor, cam. Well, have you ever had that where intermittent problem like that? It's more like a lightning striking than okay. something you can down. All righty. If you have a cam and crank sensor, then I'm going to change my mind about the distributor because that's te- that tells me you're picking up the crank signal from the crank sensor, and the cam sensor gives you timing. So at that particular time, thank you for bringing that up, then I'm going to change my mind about the distributor, and I'm going to go down to the crank sensor. Now, before you do that, take the, take a garden hose and wash that area off and make sure that everything that the crank sensor is close to doesn't cover, isn't covered with grease. So you might have to just wipe the harmonic balancer down, or you might have to clean up the area. Maybe use some brake spray and clean the area up. Make sure that as this spinning device that's next to the crankshaft sensor, make sure it's having a... It doesn't have anything to contact, but a magnet swings by a magnet, and that's what fires the cylinders. So it could be now on a crank sensor, it... you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to start right back up. Okay. That That's the part right there that I struggle with. It's starting right back up. So crank sensor, distributor coil, um, that's it. We're Would down to that. Would he be better off to go get a diagnostic just because those cost a lot of money or are those something cheaper than a diagnostic? Well, the problem is is when it when you go have it tested, it's going to run. 
it's going to run fine. So it's a tough call okay. because we're not going to necessarily find it. All we're going to do is guess. Okay. And so that has a lot to do with the whole thing. Okay. So the only other thing that could be done in a cowboy way mm-hmm. is you could hook up a light um, to the crank sensor or to the coil and you could watch the light, and the light would flash and flash faster the faster it goes. So all of a sudden, he's driving down the road, and this little 12-volt light, boom, goes out, mm-hmm. and the engine dies. So that would give us a hint. But that's something that us old guys did you know, back in the 60s and the 70s, but it still is applicable today. Now, something else that I thought about, this, the distributor pickup and the crank sensor also control the injectors. So, but the question then becomes, if they control the injectors, then why does it start up right away? Does he have injectors in this? I, I'm quite sure that's fuel injected. Okay. I'm quite sure yeah. that is. Okay. okay. So, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You have two choices. You can guess with your money, and you can tell the shop, make an intelligent guess. Unfortunately, the other possibility is drive it till it, it's permanent. You know, just drive it till it gets worse and easier to find. Another thing you can do for us, too, is try to determine whether it's cold or hot. Try to determine if it's fast or slow. Do I come up to an intersection and the car is in the cold mode? Because then you could leave it overnight and you left specific instructions on this is how to make it happen. Yeah, and he said it's only happened twice, so it's probably That's going to be a tough new. one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose somebody could loan you a lab scope, which I doubt it because they're pretty expensive, and hook up the lab scope and let you watch the little humps and bumps in the lab scope as the, as the crank sensor talks to you. But I don't think most shops are going to let you loan that piece of equipment to you because if it gets stolen, it's really expensive. Probably wait till it gets worse. Yeah, I, you know, worse. that would be the best yeah. thing. But find out, too, is it cold, is it hot, is it fast, is it slow, that kind of stuff. Now, we had another caller just before that. Um, I think it was Ray with 333,000 miles. I may have misdiagnosed that because Renee said he said it was about diesel. We'll be back. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. We don't just have problems outside of America. We have problems here as well. The war for America's soul. Is whether America is a nation of laws or a nation of outlaws. Whether we are a sovereign nation or whether we are a sanctuary nation. Radical socialism, illegal immigration, racial divides, and patriotism under siege. And threats to our Constitution arise daily. The problem for the Democratic Party is as racism recedes as an issue, they got to come up with more places to find it. The economics of racism are pretty simple. Uh, when the demand for racism exceeds the supply, they got to find new places to, to drill. Join us September 26th at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. 
Fox regular and author Michelle Malkin hits the stage to talk about her new book, Open Borders. Joining her for an all-star panel are Larry Elder, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and Mike Gallagher. Go to 960thepatriot.com now for tickets. Only at 960thepatriot.com. Sponsored by our friends at Guns Etc. Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids. Because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, sometimes, I guess, you know, it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile. Okay, 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Let me clean up the mess you said I made. I think you made. Okay. Um, when we talked to Cap. Mm-hmm. I Tom. Th- you talked to Tom. No. Tom was my last one. Cap was my first one. Okay, but it was a second caller. It was a second caller? Ray. Okay. It, let's. I'll talk to both of them. Okay. Okay. Whichever one had a vibration. I thought he said when he pulled up to a traffic light, it was a vibration. That's kind of why I went with the brake pedal because the difference, it runs fine and then the brake pedal. Mm-hmm. If if he was talking about a vibration on deceleration, he's going 40, he takes his foot off the, uh, the gas and he vibrates to a stop, mm-hmm. then that would be a drive axle and it would match his... his uh, the miles on his car. Okay. So the drive axle would go into decel, and and I also told him to try neutral right. and drive. So if you're driving down the road, then sometimes when you sh- the, you have a vibration, you put it in a neutral, you let it idle, and the vibration can go away. Mm-hmm. So those are the. I miss the decel if if I if I miss the deta- deceleration. I'm sorry, and if I didn't, you were wrong, and you'll have to apologize. Correct, but I'm pretty sure I was right. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, Thompson's Auto Repair is in Mesa, and he's a good shop. Brian and Thelma have been around a very long time, and they both come from old gas station moms and dads. 
So both of them have grown up in this environment. They've been around since 1970. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley. They have ASC certified technicians. They're really good at what they do. And see, here's the process. The process is talk to the customer and narrow down the best you can. Then the second thing is is you, you're going to have a diagnostic fee, so you need to quote some kind of a range to the customer. Second thing is is go drive it and verify the problem. Go make it happen yourself. Once you know that you made it happen, then you can bid the repair, the parts and labor and shop supplies and environmental charges. And then at the end of the day, when you fix the car, you better go drive it and make sure what you went in to fix is fixed. That verification oftentimes is supposed to be done by the technician because he felt the vibration on the front side. And if he goes and drives it and finds the vibration on the back side, he made a mistake. We have to back this train up and start over again. What are you sitting there smiling for? Which one of the kids text you? <laughs> and he said, "Calm down." Okay, get a little, all right. Okay, you get a little worked up. I, uh, you know, it's just I want to help. Yes, but I want to have a give and take. No, you so, want to have a take. <laughs> okay. How can I have a take without a give? Okay, it, it, it's it's. You it, want to take information in and. Yeah. Spit it out. I want to ask questions. I know you, you know, do. Does it vibrate on acceleration, deceleration? That's why I think you missed that deceleration question. Maybe something. If I did, I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry. And this is your last show. I can tell you that <laughs> You much. always say that. <laughs> of course. I, I'm just kidding you. 602-508-0960. 602-508-9602-508. I'm looking at paperwork in my 0960. Okay, go ahead and give if it again. If you have a car question. Go ahead, Renee. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Or if you have a, if 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 I if I miss the word decel or on deceleration, right? Then bring it side with well, Renee. Because I, the reason I thought that is because I wondered if he was using the brakes, and then I was thinking rotors, but I didn't hear him say anything about using the brakes. It was just on deceleration. I thought. But I think um, the, it came and went, depending on something he did. Mm, okay. So, you know, I just I don't know. You weren't listening. Uh, That's diesel. usual. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> All righty. Good enough. Good enough. Another good shop that we regularly uh, refer people to is up at 40th and Greenway. So it covers kind of that North Scottsdale area from the 101 east and west and north of Greenway, north of Bell. And that's Blackwell Automotive. Tom's a really great guy. I've known him for 20 years. He knows how to work on cars. He's really very good. And he's like a small dictator of his empire, like someone else I know. Yeah. And... <laughs> And he knows enough about car, or he knows a lot about cars, so he's not going to be bamboozled by his technicians. Right. But that kind of knowledge transfers to the technicians where they can come and say, hey, boss, come over here and take a look at this and help me out with this. Mm -hmm. So Tom's a good guy for that. He's at 40th and Greenway on the north, northwest corner. That's Blackwell Automotive. When it comes to, to diagnosis, there's a lot of times that I have to say to a customer, um, you have to wait till it gets worse and easier to find. Mm -hmm. There's no other choice. The only other choice is for us to make educated guesses, and the chances are less than 50-50 on the first guess, but each subsequent guess it will get better. But the first thing we have to do on an engine drivability problem is we have to determine gas or spark. Absolutely have to determine gas or spark. So sometimes on the fuel side, we say, go as fast as you can. So they say, oh, it falls on its face at 72 miles an hour. I pushed it to the floor, and the engine's going, whoa. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. That means a lot. The second thing is, is if it's a fuel system, 
I want you to drop it down below a quarter tank and drive it. Is it worse? Because if it's worse, the fuel pump is cooled and lubricated inside the fuel tank. Mm -hmm. Inside the fuel tank. It's cooled and lubricated by the gas. So if we drop the gas to a critical lever, maybe the, uh, the fuel pump is overheating because it's not being cooled and lubricated by the gas. And all of a sudden you fill it up and it's different. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. So fuel filters restrict the amount of fuel. So you can do 65 but not 75. Um, a, a problem with the fuel pump is going to cause a depending on where the gas gauge is and so a quarter or less is quite different than three quarters or north of that mm -hmm. so those are the kinds of things we talk about 602-508-0960 Mark Levin sees a flaw in the logic if you really believe that Trump is the reason this took place then why do you need to take weapons from the people? All you need to do is defeat Trump, right, Mr. Producer? But Trump isn't the reason, any more than Obama was. But if Trump is the reason, and his language is the reason, that all this occurred, what are you messing around with the Second Amendment for, right? All you need to do is defeat Trump, because it's all a lie. That's why. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three, if you're really overweight, you've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name, tag of the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your fly. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? 
Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, 602-508-0960. How come your pants are on your head? What's that? <laughs> I said, how come your pants are on your head? I love uh, that commercial. Yeah, I, I know, know but that too. has a hidden meaning because you're asking me why yeah. Why I'm all wound up. Mm-hmm. All right, why while are your you pants were gone, on your head? There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, she says it too. <laughs> okay, while you were gone to quiet the dogs down, I picked up your phone and Andy, the daughter, says, tell dad to pump the brakes. That's right. And you write down, you use bad words. I do. No poop, he started <laughs> out bad. And then Andy says, yeah, he did. And then Andy says, he calmed down, but listening stresses me out. <laughs> and then you go, me too, I just want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's right. I locked the studio door so you can't leave. Oh, darn. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. When it comes to transmissions, they are very sophisticated. Sophisticated, but a lot of people misinterpret these symptoms and just naturally assume it's going to be a transmission. I can't tell you how many times that happens. I would say a third of the people are right and two-thirds of the people are wrong when mm-hmm. it comes to diagnosing the transmission. So uh, Automatic Transmission Exchange has been around in the Phoenix area since 1968. Phil and his staff, and Phil has been around since 1968, and him and his staff are transmission diagnostic experts. So if you need somebody to drive your car and tell you if it's a drive axle, if it's an engine problem, or if it truly is a transmission problem that would necessitate an adjustment or perhaps a part replacement, or in the worst case scenario, complete replacement and rebuild, then Automatic Transmission Exchange at 40th Street in Washington would be a place I would probably go first. Because I think they, they've they been saying that, you know, transmission lights are, or engine lights are on, and sometimes it is a transmission problem, and sometimes it's an engine problem. And, and, that's, and that, that brings up a good point with respect to codes, mm-hmm. okay? Codes, it's... And, and, of course, everybody goes to the Internet to look at the code. Right. So the code just says that the problem's in Ohio. And and then you have to find the city and the street and the house number. Right. And I'll give you numerous examples. Um, you could have a mass airflow sensor code, but you can replace that $400 dog and they can fix it. The hose, the flexible rubber hose between the mass airflow sensor and the engine will tear mm-hmm. because the mass airflow sensor is mounted firm, p- permanently and the engine d- tilts left and right as you accelerate and decelerate so it wears the hose. So we have an air leak and the air is not being metered as it comes through the mass airflow sensor because it's coming in behind the at- mass airflow sensor. So the mass airflow sensor looks at it and says, oh, 12. Mm-hmm. And really, the motor's sucking 18 because 6 is coming in over here. So it makes a big difference. So you have to understand how it works. Plus, you have to have sophisticated equipment. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Most guys will look check the hose first. Okay. And if you check the hose first, then, you know, how, from that point on, how do you verify that you're right? 
change the hose and well you could <laughs> but you know what we do what we duct tape the thing oh just duct tape it Before clear the code even, okay. do we do anything duct tape it and and go dri- clear the code and go drive it and while you're driving it, you can look at it and say, oh, well, before I had a 12, and now I have an 18. So it is measuring all the air the motor's getting. Oh, and it runs better. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, how it works. Uh, another good example is oxygen sensors. My God. Oxygen sensors. How many times does the three-whiskered kid want to sell oxygen sensors? Yeah, it's a good profit margin. There is. And nobody's going to take it out. No one's going to raise their hand and say, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So, and he'll say, well, it looks like your oxygen sensor is bad. Now, he doesn't know the difference between an O2 sensor on front of the cat or behind the cat. So we have pre-bank one and pre-bank two and post-bank one. and post. He doesn't even know which side bank one is because mm-hmm. you have two cats on some cars. So he says, well, you got one bad. You need to replace them all. You, you you may pay $400, give or take 50 bucks. you'll spend $400 for 402 sensors. Yep. Now you've got to have somebody to go f- put them in. Under the circumstances, you put them in, and the same code comes back. Wow. That would make you mad. Uh, yeah, but w- at the people at the front counter typically won't admit that, but when we get it up in the air, we see four brand new 02 sensors on. <laughs> All right. You, you, now, unless they got some really cheap ones. About half the time or more, let's say between 50 and 75% of the time, the fuel filter's plugged. The fuel filter, because it's plugged, the engine has a substandard fuel delivery system. That makes it run lean. So the O2 sensors are all yelling, one, which is lean. Lean, lean, lean. I need. I, I can't see enough fuel come from the engine. So lean, lean, lean. So you replace the fuel filter. The code goes away, and you don't replace the O2 sensor because the O2 sensor under that circumstance is a messenger. So you're killing the messenger when you replace the O2 sensor. Boy. <sighs> Ricking on cars is easy as long as you know the fundamentals. Yeah. You know you, you, you know that. Um, it's uh, your car. Yes. It, it just turned over 100,000 miles. Not quite. 90. Okay. Is it 90 or is it 96 or 98? It's 88. Oh, okay. So don't say 90. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was closer to 90 than, than 100. Okay. All right. So we had decided, and you said it didn't have the pep you thought it should. Right. So my suggestion was is next time you go to the shop, have the guys um, take care of the, Let's replace the plugs. I also said tell them to put the plugs in a plastic bag on the floor wish you forgot that no they're in there on the floor all right so we could look at them Mm -hmm. and i could show you how they're worn if they're worn maybe they aren't but at the end of the day you drove it up here and how did it run good great obviously different yeah well obviously better motor mounts too so i think the whole thing is better okay but one i know one doesn't have to do with the other but yes it ran better well, the bad motor mount would give you a rough feeling of the engine because instead of sitting on four pillows, one of the one one of the pillows has collapsed. So now we have a metal to metal contact. So, but it, you also had tires that drove me crazy because they were so loud. And so I guess they put more air in them. Less, they took Less out air. some air. And how did it ride on the way up, or how did it? F- I felt like level? it was better, but sometimes you know you don't know if it's in your head because now I know that all this stuff is fixed. Okay. But no, it did run better. Okay, so you it got didn't a... seem as noisy, and it felt like 
the bounce wasn't, or you remember how it was so harsh, rigid. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ride was harsh mm-hmm. and you could tell when the pavement was really smooth and you can tell when the pavement had just been oiled and you can tell when the pavement was more like sandpaper. Yes. I mean, you could just, and when you got to smooth pavement, it was all the difference in the world and mm-hmm. that's what brought your attention to it. Right. So in that particular case, if somebody came in and said that the ride is harsh, depending on the pavement, mm-hmm. you'd go up or down with the air, air inflation. You'd say, work with me on this. Right. So let's decide what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that you have aftermarket tires and wheels, right. which means that the door sticker inflation, it does not apply to yours. That's right. And so we have a computer that then begins to tell you what that inflation range is, and we put a new sticker on your door. Right. So you don't air, over, air up your tires. Why would you when you all those guys, you sign all their paychecks? Or <laughs> <laughs> Andy does. Yeah. And she and, takes care of me. But at the end of the day, let's take them one at a time. The spark plugs made an obvious difference at 90000 Yes. And your owner's manual called for 100000 Correct. Number two, the motor mounts. Do you notice anything when you're sitting at a traffic light at idle? See, I never did notice that. Okay. I just noticed that the ride in general was Okay, not worse. the ride. This is a vibration from the motor mounts. Yeah. No, I never did feel a vibration okay. really. But. but on Instagram, they posted a picture. Wait a minute. Instagram? Isn't, wasn't it Instagram? Oh. <laughs> Andy told me it was Instagram. I don't go there and I visit. Just, I just was going to get you because you're always talking about you hate people that go to YouTube. Now you're going to Instagram. I went to, Let me finish before <laughs> you start jumping bad at me. I, Andy posted. Now, the technician, this is our opinion. Mine and Andy's. Okay. The technician has the old part and the new part in his hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has the old part on the bench and he has a new part here. Right. We want them, we have a special camera mm-hmm. uh, that they take a picture of those side by side. Right. And it helps people understand what a good and a bad, mo- bad motor mount. Mm-hmm. It also shows a pad, a brake pad that's metal to metal and one that's brand new. So we're doing that comparison for people, and Andy's the one that's driving this Instagram thing. Yeah. Us gray-haired guys don't go to Instagram, but I did to look at your motor mount. Okay. So you go to Instagram. I think it's Salem Boys Auto or something like that. Yeah, Salem and, Boys and Auto Andy, or Salem Performance. And I also noticed that she just posted a picture of a belt that was in terrible condition and the brand new one right next to it. Mm-hmm. So people can say, okay, well, I now I know what a bad belt looks like, and this is a new one. So right. it's it's a comparison. They had one the other day that was the orifice tube in the air conditioning. The yeah, orif- I was just looking at that. Yeah. The orifice tube meters the amount of refrigerant through your air conditioning system. And you wouldn't believe it, but the orifice tube is about the size of the tip of a pen. And it has a very small hole in it that would be equal to five or six human hairs. Mm-hmm. So, And it has a screen around it. So the one on Instagram shows that the old one is completely covered with metal. Right? Oh, yes. And then the new one is right next to it. And can you see the little brass pipe in the middle of the new one? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the metering device. Yeah. That little brass pipe. She had a a cabin filter. She Mm -hmm. has a cabin filter. Now, the cabin filter is exactly the same as the filters you have in your house. So as you recirculate air, the cabin filter is supposed to remove the impurities, the dust. She has a cabin filter that looks like it came off a covered wagon. Yeah. It is so filthy dirty. You're, and I'm sure that the person owned the car was embarrassed when we put that back in the box and said, you might want to do this more often. Yeah. Well, and if you have pets and stuff, because oh. it, it comes off the floor and kind of the goes passenger side. side. Yeah. It sucks off the floor on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. It goes through the filter and then sends it back out your vents. Right. So we're going to clean that. But... 
That's if you're in recirculation. If you're in outside air, we're sucking off the, the grill in front of the windshield. Okay. So outside air is kind of like swamp cooler. Mm-hmm. You have to have a window down in outside air, but in recirculatory, you should have all the windows up. So if the person next to you stinks, they roll their window down and you go to outside air. It blows all that stink out the passenger <laughs> side. <laughs> window. It's true. It's true. I've been with a bunch of stinky cowboys or somebody kicks off their boots and the whole place smells bad, the whole okay. truck. So you roll down the passenger window because he's sitting up front and you go to outside air. Under the best of conditions, the air swoops around him <laughs> and send his stink out the window. <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> it's the truth. If you know how that works, you benefit everybody. I know. So it was that or say, hey, I'm going to roll your window down, stick your feet out the window for the rest <laughs> of the way home. Oh, That's, boy. Oh, we're probably going to get in trouble with this call. Oh, you know what? Yeah. It um, It's another uh, whatever. I'm going to tell folks what I do. And as a matter of fact, that lady from the bank called the other day, and she says, I don't know. If if I get a phone call that I don't know who it is, and I have 800 contacts in my phone, so I mean, uh, I know. So I get a a message of something I don't recognize, and this is an 864 area code. Mm -hmm. So I would answer answer the phone, sheriff's office jail, and so I do that like real authority mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100 they'll hang up right then sure 99 times out of 100 and so i have another phone where i say this is the gila county jail you may not talk to an inmate through this number don't ever call here again now i'm going to ask you i haven't prepped you for this how many when we first got that phone number how many robo calls did we get a day 30. I yeah. don't know. A lot. A lot. How many do we get today? Maybe two a week. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> and people just hang up on you when you say, this is the Gila County Sheriff's Office Jail. <laughs> do, you, if you want to talk to an inmate, you cannot do this here. You Don't ever call this number again. And it worked. Did you just move to Arizona? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I called it Gila County. I know what you Why? It. Why did I call it Gila County? Oh, well, I don't know why you called it Gila County because you know what it is. But. No. It, here's the deal. Gila looks like Gila. And I didn't want to make the sheriff mad at me in Gila County. So I mispronounced it on purpose so that they go, the sheriff calls me. And he says, I understand you're talking or pretending you're at the jail. And I said, no. I said I was from Gila County <laughs> instead of Gila County. I had I lunch with him less than New a month York. ago. I know. I know. And, he, and I, I told him about it. And he said, um, that's funny. So he didn't say anything like, don't do it. But okay, hopefully he stays a sheriff for a while. Then. Yeah, no kidding. 602-508-0960. We're going to come back with another hour of car fun and frivolity. So if you have a car question or an argument between the husband and the wife, I'm good at settling those. Or if you have a, I want to buy these two new cars and you can give me a comparison, that's pretty good. I have a car and should I get rid of it and here's the mileage. I can address that because there's some cars that you got to get rid of, and then there's other cars that will, like those Hondas, 300,000 yeah, miles. Yeah, it's two in a row. Those are the things. 602-508-0960. We'll be back in five. 602-508-0960.